seconds. Did you ever think you were made it? I feel I'm so close, I could take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value taming, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to hate it. Now they run, homie, look what I become. I'm, the, I'm, the one. I'm Patrick Bedivy, host of ITM, and today we're going to talk about the difference between a wartime leader and a peacetime leader. This is a topic that Robert Kiyosaki has been talking about after he saw the video on ITM, and he had me on, I had him on. But today we're going to talk about is it good to be a wartime leader today, or is it good to be a peacetime leader today, and which one are you? So before I get into it, let's define what is wartime and what is peacetime. Uh, wartime is you're a startup. The first year, second year, third year, you're about to go out of business, you're running out of money. Every day a million different things are hitting. Every day you got, it's like the end of the world. A peacetime is you're working for an established company that's a Fortune 500 company that has cash, that is sitting on a lot of reserves. There's a massive team, there's a lot of decisions to be made. If you have a bad you know, day, you can lean on somebody else. There's a big difference there, right? Now between wartime and, and peacetime, I wanna give you an example of what happened to me when I was in the military. So I'm at the 101st Airborne Division Air Assault. We are invited to this one event and a general gets up and he talks and he gives this message and he says, you know, pa, 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 he's given all this message for like 20 minutes. And by the time he was done, I'm watching the entire audience because I'm a brand new private and I just got to this unit. And I saw some people got up and some people started clapping, but it wasn't that kind of a massive standing up roaring for this person, right? So then the next speaker came up. And the next speaker came up, wasn't higher ranking than this general. And the next speaker came up and he started talking. He wasn't as good of a speaker as the first one. The first one was fiery, loud, all this stuff. But the second one got up, was a little bit mild, was a little bit calmer. But he gave this speech. And by the time he was done, everybody got up screaming off the top of their lungs for the second uh, officer that spoke. So I went to my sergeant afterwards. I said, hey, Sergeant Braxton, what just happened over there? That guy's a higher ranking person. The other guy's a lower ranking person. Why, why didn't people cheer for him as much as they did for the other person? He says, that's what you don't know. Let me tell you the differences between these two leaders. I said, what is it? He said, the guy that got up, he made it to the top through doing all the right things because he came right school and he got the degree from the right school, the right last name, all that stuff. But he never did a lot of wartime. He got all the right badges, but he never went to war. He says the second guy that got up and he spoke, he's been to pretty much every single war you can think about the last 30 years. And the people that were screaming for him went with him because he was a wartime leader. No matter what you ever do, the first guy, even a bigger rank, cannot get the kind of respect the guy got that went in the trenches with the rest of the people. You should see the looks on people's faces. They were crying when this guy was giving a speech as if this was like their father. It was very emotional. In that moment, I saw the difference between a wartime leader and a peacetime leader. So that's the point when I'm trying to make to you what is a wartime and a peacetime. So having said that, let's get right into it. Wartime leaders, a bad day, a bad week, a bad month can cost a lot of casualties. A peacetime leader, a bad day, a bad week, or a bad month won't affect them. So it's kind of like, it's just another bad month. We'll make it up next month. It's just another bad quarter. We'll make it up next month. These guys don't have that kind of time. So it's always going, going, going because they know it's going to cost a lot of casualties. Number two, people follow wartime leaders because of their heart, because of their charisma, and because of their emotion. People believe them. We're going places. 
People follow peacetime leaders because of their knowledge and their intelligence. Oh, wow. She is so smart. Oh, wow. He has a right degree. Oh, wow. He is so intelligent. It's intelligence. It's heart. We're going places. Third one. They communicate with all of their troops. One-on-one, -on -one, small group settings with four or five people, and large group settings with hundreds if not thousands of people. But peacetime leaders, they communicate through people and committees. And if they're going to give a message to you, is large group. Very rarely one-on-one -on -one because, you know, it's like you, you can't just come and talk to me. Have you gone through your levels here? What's going on? Tell me what's going on. I want to get to know. Even in the book, Lincoln on Leadership, in the book he talks about circulate amongst your troops. One of the strengths Lincoln had is he would go out there and circulate amongst his troops to find out what's going on. Soldiers had no idea. They're all of a sudden walking. It's like, what? Why? The president is here. I'm a private. So tell me, Private Johnson, how are things going? Oh my gosh. Oh, President Lincoln. It's like, no, don't worry about it. So tell me what's going on. Are you kidding me? That's what you call a wartime. That's why Lincoln is considered one of the greatest presidents of all time. Next one. Quick decisions. They threw a leader. Meaning, uh, about what's going on. So what do we know about, okay, here's what we're doing. Let's go. Boom. Quick decisions on this side. Methodical decisions through committee. If you've ever seen a movie, Ford versus Ferrari, and you know that scene when Shelby comes up, and he sits there and he's like watching the photo goes from this person to that person to this person to that person, and he's sitting in there and says, why did we lose you? Embarrass me, and BB is sitting, sitting back there, and he says, uh, if, you, if I can be frank with you, I can tell you something here. You wasted four, I watched four people go through the folder through the, until it came into your hands. If you're going to let me do this, you got to give me all authority for me to do this, and then boom, they went to work, and obviously you know how the story ends. Committees, Ford. Individual, Tesla. Remember, it's like the best example I can give you right there. Here's what we're going to be doing. Let me talk to 74 different people before we make this decision. Next one. They're comfortable breaking things as long as progress is being made. Wartime leaders are famous for breaking things. They're going to break things, but they're going to make progress. Peacetime leaders, they're very wary about breaking things, so the decisions are a little bit more about Perfection. What can we do to make the perfect decision? Progress, perfection. Progress, perfection. So now, you're watching and say, well, Pat, can I go out and work with a wartime or a peacetime? If you work in a startup environment and you're there when the company is about to go out of business every day and they make it, somebody in there was a wartime leader. There has to be a wartime leader. Somebody had to know that they can handle the decisions, momentous decisions. Here's what we're going to be doing. If you work for a larger corporation and you're always trying to get done and you have to wait three minutes, six, three months, six months for a decision to be made, you're peacetime. I got a call from an old colleague of mine and I was in Detroit when he called me. We're on the phone together and he's expressing his frustration, okay? And he says, Pat, here's the difference between you and I. You're an entrepreneur. I'm not. I can't make the decisions like you guys are making. We're part of a big company. We have this and we have that. We can't make. It takes six months. If you wanted to do something, you make the decision like this because he's working here with a peacetime uh, type of an environment. Over here is a wartime type of an environment. So for you, somebody may say, well, Pat, I don't know if I can work with a wartime. I'd much rather work with a peacetime. Okay, no problem. So a couple things to identify with that. When does it make sense to work with a wartime? When does it make sense to work with a peacetime? If you're in the face of playing offense and coming up, this is what you want. If you're in the face of you no longer want crazy, crazy pressure, you want stability. I will never forget the day 
We started our own insurance company. I held a meeting on Tuesday night. It went till four o'clock. The following day, I held a meeting on Wednesday night, September 24th of 09. If you look up the calendar, I think the 24th falls on a Wednesday. It's either Wednesday or Thursday. I think it's a Wednesday. I hold a meeting. When I'm holding a meeting, I get up and I say, here's what we're doing. We're getting ready to start a company. And this is what's going to take place. There's a 90% chance we're going to go out of business. 90 per- this is recorded, by the way. 90% chance we're going to go out of business. 90% chance. I don't have as much money as other companies. My saving is in this. My saving is in that. I don't have that. They have $400 billion. We don't have any of that stuff. There's a 90% chance I want to be sued. There's a 90% chance I want to be put out of business. There's a 90. I'm giving all this stuff. So then I stop and I said, if you want safety, and you're above a certain age where you cannot take risks, I suggest you don't come with me because there's a 90% chance I'm gonna go out of business. If you want safety, here's where to go. If you want risk, you come with me. What do you wanna do? One lady gets up, we'll never forget it till today. Her name is Sharon. And she was one of the most honest people we had. She got up and she said, I just have to be honest with you, I'm 61. I can't afford that. I love you, I would love to fall. I just can't do it because if you go out, I can't afford that kind of stuff. I said, I have nothing but respect. I wrote the numbers down of people. I said, call this person. She called the person. Fast forward two years later, they both came back. The person I gave the number to and her, they ended up working with us two years later. But at that time, I gave the options, right? Some people cannot afford to work with a work time. Some people want to work with a large company staff. If you're 59 years old, you're kind of like, I don't know if I can take that kind of risk. I want to work somewhere that's a lot safer. I get it. But the moral of the story is this. Today, when you're watching this, we have a pandemic going on. Coronavirus, people are afraid. COVID-19, everybody's shaking, everybody's nervous. Everybody is looking to see what to do. This model, during times like this, fails miserably. These are the times that you go here. These are the times where exes call their ex-boyfriends and they call them because they have more trust in that person's confidence to know that they breed confidence during time like this because they say, should I worry? Is everything going to be okay? Why, why, why are you calling your ex-boss? Why are you calling? Because that person was a wartime leader. Because that person doesn't lose cool during times like this. They go calm, poise, and they give you confidence. Remember, your people will feel your fear your people will feel your confidence, not through statements, not through talks, through a video like this. I'm talking to you, you're doing a Zoom. People are looking at you saying he is afraid or he's not afraid. I feel the guy's confidence. I feel her confidence. Man, she looks nervous. Did you see the lip? Did you see the voice? It's cracking a little bit. She's nervous. Everybody, when you're a leader, is watching to see if you're here or if you're here during times of crisis. Now, let's address the other point here. Is it easier for a peacetime to be a wartime, or is it easier for a wartime to be a peacetime? Keep this in mind. Peacetime leaders typically went through the process of, they went to the right schools, they did the right thing, they went and got the nice degree, Columbia, Yale, Harvard, Wharton, Stanford, you know, the right way of going through it, right? So everything's been kind of planned, they've been kind of known what they're gonna be doing since they were 14 years old. I'm gonna go to this school, I'm gonna go get this degree, then I'm gonna get my MBA, and then I'm gonna go work for this company, and I'm gonna be this. These guys, on the other hand, uh, man, challenging families. Dad told them you will never amount to anything, Elon Musk. You, you ain't nobody going to come back to the country. There's no way in the world you're going to make it in America. You're a fool to think you're going to make it in America. You're out of your mind. 
you know, mom gives you up for adoption. She couldn't handle having you because she couldn't afford the finances. Not because she didn't love you, but the day you, you were born, she gave you up to adoption and that stuck with you. Her name is Steve Jobs. I'm talking about stories like that. You go through it. You're like, you know what? Screw this whole thing. I'm going to prove a point to the world. That's wartime. Wartime. Wartime eventually is forced to learn how to be peacetime because they have to. They have to. They have no control. Because when there is no war, they have to, or else Apple will fire you. And then you have to go start Pixar, and then you come back. Because you were a wartime leader, you did not know how to be a peacetime leader. Then when you come back around after Pixar, then you're a peacetime leader and a wartime leader because you've never learned, you've matured. Steve Jobs, you gotta learn that part, right? So this person will be forced to learn how to be like this. But very rarely will a peacetime leader be put in a situation to be like this, because it's scary. It's easier for them to learn how to be like this than for them to learn how to be wartime. Because some of it is life experiences. How do you teach a kid that grew up on the streets who's a UFC fighter, but he didn't become a UFC fighter because, you know, their parents were good uh, money makers and they say, I want you to go take an MMA class or I want you to go take some mixed martial arts. No, the kid that fights in MMA who grew up in the streets in Boston and he was fighting since he was four years old or he's Irish, he grew up in streets with nothing and you have to fight everybody. That guy's been beat up since he was four, five, six years old. He's learned how to stand up for himself. He doesn't have the little fears that somebody else is going to have that didn't go into the street fighting. These guys were street fighting regularly. Very hard to teach that. So these guys can go here. These guys can go here. The best situation is when they work together, by the way. If they can find a way to team up, it's by far the best situation. And by the way, they know each other. But deep down inside, they know they need each other. If you get a situation like this, where these two guys team up, that's money right there. That's like the way to do it. And last but not least, remember, over here, they're the favorites. They're the underdogs. I don't know why. Wartime leaders are always the types of underdogs. Churchill was an underdog. Man, I, they just wait till you see what we're going to do. Are you kidding me? You are not going to do nothing to Britain because do you know? It's the underdog. Oh, they're underestimating me. That's the underdog mentality of wartime. These guys have always been the guy that's supposed to be who he's supposed to be or she's supposed to be. Very big difference. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five-star. Write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bid David, And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.